0: Welcome to another episode of the EU Roundup. Hope you're all doing well. We're here as ever bringing you last week's most notable news from around Europe. In this week's episode, we'll take a look at developments in the conflict between Greece and Turkey. Athens needs a helping hand from its EU allies, but it's not as easy as it seems. Hungary and Poland continue to block the EU budget, while time is running out. We'll also have a quick round of news from last week, but first, we turn our attention to Russia and opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Uh, and I think it is time to develop a new strategy, not, not just correct the old one, but really develop a new one. And I would say that the basic of a new approach should be a very clear dividing two things, Russian people, who uh, must be welcomed and uh, treated very warmly from uh, European Union, from my perspective. And Russian state, uh, uh, which must be treated like a bench of criminals who are temporarily took over the power. And uh, maybe it sounds radical, but uh, well, especially from my personal point of view, uh, I think it's a very fine... um, defining of what they are. That was Alexei Navalny, the Russian politician who was in a coma after being poisoned back in August. He has since made a full recovery and does not seem to be backing down from his fight against those in power in his country. The soundbite you heard is from his conversation with the European Parliament Foreign Affairs Committee. Navalny stated he will not be the first one to be the target of a poisoning or another type of assassination. He suggested the motivation between these acts is simple, money. And that is where the EU should hit the circle which has a tight grip on power in Russia. In particular, Navalny urged the European officials to take a more firm stance against Vladimir Putin and the oligarchs affiliated to him. The opposition leader even mentioned by name billionaires Alisher Usmanov and Roman Abramovich, who have invested heavily in European businesses. He said, as long as these billionaires' most expensive yachts are docked in Barcelona or in Monaco, no one in Russia or in the Kremlin will treat European sanctions seriously. Navalny's suggestion is to simply restrict their access to Europe, and he stated that this would be very effective as well as welcomed by the Russian people. These claims come at a time when the EU is looking to strengthen its approach towards Russian oligarchs. The bloc's member states have provisionally approved a European Magnitsky Act. This is a reference to the Magnitsky Act passed in 2012 by the United States. It made possible for the US government to sanction those who it sees as human rights offenders, freeze their assets and ban them from entering the US. In its political context, it was intended to punish Russian officials responsible for the death of Russian tax lawyer Sergei Magnitsky. In 2009, he died in a Moscow prison as a result of mistreatment. The EU is aiming to introduce a similar system and could very much benefit from that. Currently, the power to impose travel bans resides in the national governments. This makes it difficult for the EU to act in a coordinated manner and to put pressure on countries like Russia. The new act would replace the EU's country-by-country system. But... Passing the bill will not solve all problems. There is a legitimate concern when it comes to the use of this legislation. Russia-friendly countries like Hungary, Malta and Cyprus could still use their veto to stop the introduction of sanctions. Poland and Hungary continue to block the EU budget over the rule of law conditionality. They issued a joint declaration stating that all EU leaders should participate in the decision. We remind you that the rule of law mechanism was introduced not as part of the budget, but as a separate piece of legislation. Thus, it did not require unanimity among member states. That was perhaps a strategy by EU lawmakers to pass the bill as Poland and Hungary were clear in their opposition to it. The two countries are being investigated by the EU. Poland for limiting the independence of the judiciary and Hungary for undermining democratic principles and the freedom of the press. The two member states now say that if the rule of law conditionality is to be included, it has to be through a treaty change. That is something that the EU officials have no intention of doing as it takes time and creates a lot of risks. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban has suggested that the rule of law mechanism could be exempt from the budget and negotiated later. Either way, Orban and Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki have each other's back. Both leaders have stated they will not greenlight any proposal deemed unacceptable by the other party. All the while, time is running out. The EU budget includes a COVID economic recovery package and many countries are counting on it to stabilize their economies. The budget is scheduled to enter into force on the 1st of January. So it seems like December will be a tricky month. The European Union Council on its next meeting We have to take important decisions about our relationship with Turkey. They decided to do so on his last meeting. Certainly, we are in a critical moment of our relationship with Turkey. But uh, you can be sure that the European Union, it's uh, on the side of uh, Cyprus, Greece, supports the speedy resumption of uh, Cyprus settlement talks under the auspices of the United Nations. That was Josep Borrell, the EU's High Representative for Foreign Affairs. In addressing the European Parliament, he reiterated the EU's support for Greece and Cyprus. However, Athens hasn't been entirely convinced by its allies recently. Greek Foreign Minister Nikos Dendias accused Germany of not living up to its leadership role by refusing to stop selling arms to Turkey. He argued that such weapons could be used against Greece as well as Cyprus if the conflict escalates. Germany was specifically asked to cancel the delivery of six Type 214 submarines to Turkey. Such a considerable supply of military watercraft could disrupt the balance of power in the eastern Mediterranean. The deal for the submarines was signed back in 2009 when the geopolitical situation was different. Dendias made note of that in his statement but demanded Germany to be flexible and to act in the interest of its allies. He called Germany's decision a contradiction as they would effectively be supplying a country with weapons which can be used against allies. The Greek foreign minister went even further by saying that Germany should have realized that on its own without needing others to point out the discrepancies. The situation is particularly sensitive as was demonstrated by the events during the summer. Greece and Turkey came close to a military conflict after a Turkish vessel started research activities in disputed waters. Being in charge of the EU Council rotating presidency, Germany acted as a mediator in the conflict. Temporary appeasement was achieved, but Greece argues that Chancellor Angela Merkel should have been more firm. She led the mediation initiative by calling Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis and Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. But the results were only temporary. Shortly before the EU summit in October, the Turkish vessel returned home. Greece and Turkey had agreed to restart talks. At the EU summit, EU leaders warned Ankara it could face sanctions over its activities, but refrained from taking any actions. A few days later, the Turkish ship resumed its mission in the eastern Mediterranean. In recent months, Turkey has also been conducting research and drilling in territorial waters that belong to Cyprus. Greece's foreign minister recent remarks also come in a timely manner. The next EU summit is scheduled for the 10th of December. In view of that, Turkey have retreated their ship from Greek waters, stating that their mission was over on the 29th of November. Nikos Dendias has reiterated that Germany and the EU should be wiser and react differently this time around. He also stated he was looking forward to working with the Biden administration. For him, an American presence in the eastern Mediterranean could help with the balance of power. That is as much wishful thinking as a hint to his European colleagues that they could lose influence in the region to the US. A timely reminder, as EU leaders have recently expressed their desire for military independence from its allies on the other side of the Pacific. And now here's a quick round of notable news from last week. The Brexit negotiations continue to stall. EU chief negotiator Michel Barnier travelled to London on Friday for face-to-face talks with UK counterpart David Frost. But negotiations are still in a deadlock. Barnier also held talks with Belgium... Denmark, France, Germany, Ireland, and the Netherlands in Brussels last week. The discussions were centered on fishing rights claims, the topic which is currently the biggest stumbling block. The Brexit negotiations will continue this week. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko said he would step down after a new constitution is adopted. This comes as good news to the Belarusian protesters who have been out on the streets since the summer. It looks like the strongman who has been in power for 26 years might slowly be releasing his grip on the country. No time frame has been given about the aforementioned new constitution. That was all for today's podcast. As always, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday at 9.30.